You're tuned to the 2024 season preview on the Gotcha 9 podcast. We have head coach Andrew Checkets, the junior trio of Xander Darby, Justin Trimble, and Latre McCollum. And we have a little fun with the analytics crew. That's all next. Today's episode is brought to you by our great sponsors over at Kyle's Kitchen. Check them out downtown or in Goleta. They have three locations. They're always busting out some great food. There's adult beverages. It's just a great old time at Kyle's Kitchen. We can't thank them enough for their continued support of Gaucho Baseball. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell bounces the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. And Curley pulls back the home run. And the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Clausen. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will make the catch. And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. He is the head coach of the Gauchos, Andrew Checkets. You're a hard man to get a hold of these days, Coach. You're like uh, you're like president of the United States. Is that too far? Is that too? Does that go too far to say, president of the United States? Yeah, that's yeah, that's maybe a little aggressive. But I think I think he's dealing with a few things that are bigger than what we're dealing with. <laughs> well, we're dealing with a lot of stuff here, and especially you, and especially the administration, and everyone who's been involved with what's going on at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. This year, uh, at least, you know, yeah, really in the past calendar year when the turf project was initially announced and it was underway and then everything that has transpired since then. And I do want to encourage people to go read Mark Patton's articles. He's been covering what's been going down and has written some good stuff that that we like reading. So Mark Patton and he's on Newshawk, covers sports. There's some recent stuff that has come out uh, written by Mark and it's all good stuff. but. To start this pod, I want to just open it up to you to talk about the situation at the field and and how the university has been supporting us and everything that's going down because it's been a, a fluid situation. We're doing our best to try and get this completed as soon as possible, but the uh, floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, it's been challenging, obviously. With, um, you know, it first started with a little bit of heartbreak and, you know, three years and $3 million of fundraising and a lot of people involved in that that had supported the project and administrators to have us get stuffed on the one yard line was uh, a, a little bit difficult but uh, you know all of the things that have happened with this particular project have been you know for the most part out of university control um, and the response from our administration um, support staff has been fantastic I mean I, I, Kelly Barsky our athletic director has worked with our our chancellor and and CFO and they've been doing everything they can to to try and get us a playing surface that uh, that is ready for the season and um, you know it's it's obviously it's kind of blown up my world a little bit just there's an added layer to everything that we do in regards to the planning and the scheduling and um, and some of those things that that have made it challenging in practice planning and um, you know and it's it's been you know, challenging for the players, but, you know, I haven't heard a gripe out of them. They've done a great job. And I think, um, you know, it's also, like I said, it's also blown up a lot of people, administrators lives and 
took over Kelly's life for a lot of time and even just trying to get it approved, I think was, um, you know, her, her, her world kind of shut down for a little bit. And so, you know, I, I know our players, myself and the staff are all appreciative of, of all the work that university is doing to support us in this, you know, challenging time and trying to, <clears throat> trying to help us get a playing surface down as fast as we can. Um, you know, Tom Hastings, our, our director for helping us with all the coordination of that and, you know, needing to, needing to help manage that along with his regular duties, uh, you know, as well as, you know, assist on, uh, you know, practice options, and, you know, even from the rec center, the access we've had to the rec center fields has been fantastic to be able to do that. So, um, <clears throat> you know, through, through some, you know, some trying times and challenges, there's been some bright spots and that's, you know, everybody, um, rallying to help and then also the local community westmont baseball has been awesome those guys have been fantastic to us and let us uh let us use like utilize their field you know two three times a week um in the fall to be able to scrimmage and have continued to let us utilize that when we can uh in january and you know dp high school santa barbara city um, we were able to get out of town to lakeside high school and lake elsinore so uh, we've had a lot of people that have been willing to help and uh you know that and you know, big shout out to Justin Hockamay and all the work that he's had to had to do. And, you know, a lot of times I come up with an idea and then he has to go execute. And you, you, you as well, Kevin, and all the work that you guys have put in. And um, so it's it it's it's nice. It's been it's felt great to have that support. Um, and again, this isn't a you know a self inflicted issue. This was out out of the control. Of, you know, our program and university donors and everybody's responded and done everything they can to help. So feel fortunate yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that's been out of our control has been the weather and the rain that came late January and, and early February set us behind. Cause it felt like we were really on track. If, if rain didn't get in the way, we were probably going to be on track to host that, that first opening series against Sacramento state. But, out of our control again and trying to rally and, and figure out a way to get the work in. And like the Lakeside high school trip was like, we went down on a Friday and played Saturday morning. And I think that all came to fruition. Like on Thursday, it was all right. We need to get something done. We found a field. Okay. Hotel bus insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And multiple people coming together to make that happen. And then last weekend, I think we scrimmaged at, four different places in four different days, uh, including Bishop Diego high school. And they were, they were psyched to have us out there. Um, you know, all the yeah. high schools have been, have been psyched to have us there. They've had their players there watching their coaches have been there. They've been very helpful, very excited to have us use their, their facility. So everywhere we've been, it's been a warm, warm welcome. It's, and it's been a really, I think it's been a cool experience for us as staff, it's been a cool experience for me and, and some of the players It's kind of revitalized. Like we get, you know, we see these guys every day. We practice on the same field every day, you know, when we do have a field here and we see the same players, but then to hear like maybe some parents who stuck around after a high school practice say like, man, like you guys are really good. Or I want my son to be just as good as that. Or like, what, what can I do? to help my son like reach this level. Like it kind of reminded me like, Oh yeah. Like this is division one baseball. Like these guys are at a, another level. It, it 
kind of took me away from the work element of it and reminded me that like these guys are really good baseball players and the things that we're teaching them are unique and special and detail oriented and people see that and appreciate it. And sometimes I just miss it because I'm around it every day. And I know that's something that you strive for in order to win games is to concentrate on those details and work through the adversity and just embrace kind of what everything that's been thrown in our face and say, well, so what at this point it's so what, like when we step on the field, we're going to go out and win. So like what's been the message to the, to the players if there's been any message just working through this, has it just been this take your lumps and, and get your work in? Like, has it been that kind of message? Um, yeah, I haven't heard a peep out of them in terms of complaining or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think they're well, they're, they're well aware of how hard the staff is working to give them opportunities to train and practice and, <clears throat> most of it's just talked about hey being let's be grateful for the opportunities that we have we've got a great turf field um we've got the 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 pit next to us the rugby field that we've had all kinds of access to got great batting cages um we have coaches that are working hard with them uh trying to make them better and within you know all of those different places that we're going to we've got people locally that let us go play on their fields and scrimmage and so um you know most of it's just been hey we you know this situation we're in we control we control let's 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 do the do the most with the opportunities that we've got and uh, be grateful for the training opportunities that people are you know are 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 giving us and you know and my message on the field is you know when it is done it's going to be great it's just hasn't gone you know the way the way that we wanted to but in in the end it's going to be that part of it's been great so um you know, every, yeah, every, I mean, personally, I sure I've had some moments where I've been down or frustrated or all that stuff, but I think, I think with the guys that they, they give you the energy, you know, you show up and they're there and they want to get better and they're working hard and, you know, we're, we're trying to make them better and put them in, you know, challenging environments. And I was texting with a coach today, a cold weather coach. And I said, it just feels like being a cold weather coach again, you know, where you're, cause I've, I've done that before I grew up in that. And you know, about, you know, bobbing and weaving with, field conditions and um, field availability and indoor availability and all of that stuff. And so, you know, those, those schools that are playing in cold weather aren't going to feel sorry for us. It's the, that's what, that's what their January and February looks like, you know, anyways. Uh, so we're fortunate that we still get to do it outside, um, you know, in, in, in good weather. So, um, so that, that's been the message they've seen, you know, they've seemed to be focused on just the, the development and improving getting better and getting ready so. yeah and um this field is gonna be sweet it is Any, anybody yeah, it is. that's out there that's asking about what is are they just are they as i've had people come like are they just seeding the field and, and waiting are we just waiting for the grass to grow it's it's not quite like that like this is a to the nines like every detail covered like this place is going to be sweet uh, the playing surface and when it's all said and done because there's there's still a few things to work through when it's all said and done it's going to be it's going to be great so in the end still getting a new field that's a little different than we envisioned at first but we're getting a new field like as i'm sitting here there's there's multiple vehicles being driven on the field at the moment and there's you know double digit guys out there working working their tails off and they have been for the past month since they came back after the after New Year's. So it's going to be sweet. 
yeah the uh, the general contractor has been amazing um i've been so impressed with their crew and how hard they've worked and the amount of hours and time they're putting putting into it early to late um to try and move and uh you know we would have made those home dates if the weather had cooperated you know if we hadn't had the amount of rain that we we had this January um, and early February, we, we would have made that, you know, that Sac State home date, um, but it, you know, that slowed down the, the sod availability that the, there's some slowing of the the soil and some of the things they do there and then their ability to trench and finish up the irrigation. So um, they've done everything they can. They've, they've been really fun to work with. They take a lot of pride in what they do. They want to do it right. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, the end product's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great playing surface so that we're all going to be proud of. We're excited. We're also excited for the start of the season. By the way, this is the season preview podcast in the Gauchos play on Friday in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina against Campbell, the Camels. So to start this, this little brief season breakdown, let's go through the schedule because, again, it's a challenging schedule. Uh, you've seemed to put together some pretty competitive ones in the last handful of years, but there are, I had it written here, five regional teams from last year that are on this schedule. Campbell, Connecticut, Oregon, San Jose State, and Cal State Fullerton, of course. But uh, starting on the road, and it's kind of up in the air right now. I don't know how much we have decided yet on the first few weeks, but we know that we will start on the road for Campbell coming up this weekend and any, anything you want to drop in on, uh, on the schedule, how it came together. Like, it seems like Gauchos play Oregon every year. I like having Oregon on the schedule. It's, it's, it's a great team. They, they hosted super last year. UConn was in a super a couple of years ago. I think we played them. We played them maybe back in 2015. I want to say this, they have been here in your tenure. UConn, or was that Penn State? I might be thinking of Penn State, kind of similar colors. We but, had Penn State. I think we had UConn for a midweek at one point. I think they were playing somebody out here and hung around and played us maybe on a Monday or Tuesday, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Um, it's a blur, Kevin. We've been here a while. We have. It's the uh, – It's all a little fuzzy. Starts to blend. What I The regionals – the regional years help kind of delineate things. And then, and then, you know, you have alumni weekend and you see guys like, Oh yeah. Like 2015 or like that's, there's the 19 crew and there's the 22 crew. And then the, sometimes there's a 13 crew. So it's, it's helpful to get a little reminder before the season starts, but, but how the schedule come together. It's, it's a great schedule. Uh, there's a lot of fun opponents, a lot of good opponents. It's uh, very competitive. Yeah, I think this will be one of the more challenging ones we've had. No, there's not a lot of layups. Um, well, there's no layups uh, on that on that schedule. Even the midweeks are going to be going to be challenging. Um, so we've got UCLA back on a schedule for midweeks. Cal Baptist, who've been playing and it's been historically a thirty win uh, team, along with our you know our traditional <clears throat> St. Mary's, LMU, uh, Pepperdine. So it's it's going to be a challenging schedule. It's not it's not going to be easy. We're going to be tested. Campbell obviously has had you know their five straight regional years, forty five wins last year, championship game of their regional. Uh, UConn obviously was very good last year. Uh, San Jose State winning their conference, playing in a regional. 
Um, you know, the one team that didn't go to regional Sac State, I think it has been to, I don't know, maybe six of the last nine. I don't know the exact number, but they're a historic 30 win team team and a, you know, a regional participant consistently. So uh, it's going to be, we're going to be challenged. And I, I think, I think we have an older group. We have a group that, you know, should be able to handle that challenge. Uh, but it, it, there's, you can't circle any weekends on there and go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to bounce back weekend there, <laughs> you know, our chance to rack up some wins. You're going to have to work for all of them. Well, as the, the front part of the schedule is, is probably the most challenging because you have, you have all the non-conference Campbell, Sac State, Oregon, UConn, mixed in with midweeks, Pepperdine, St. Mary's. Well, the St. Mary's game might be getting moved. The Villanova game on the 5th, and then UNLV. So if it all played out, the Gushers would be playing the weekend and the Tuesday for the first four weeks of the season leading up to spring break, or finals week, I should say. And then you kick off conference play at home against Long Beach State, and then it's at Cal Poly. So those are two big matchups early in conference play of a road game against UCLA. Then it's the bye week, Irvine, Hawaii. So the front part of the schedule is pretty loaded and then finish off the year with home Hawaii at Davis, home Fullerton, home UC San Diego, then at Bakersfield at CSUN, home Riverside to finish up the year. So at least how I looked at the schedule was it's going to be really tough for the first two thirds Speaking in podcast uh, narrative here, because all games are hard through the coach's eye. All games are important through the coach's eye. You gave me a smirk. Thank you. And there's some there's some interesting games out there because we'll we'll play Ferg at LMU a couple midweeks. So it'll be cool to see him. And there's this former Gaucho coaches everywhere across the Big West. So pretty much every every matchup now is uh, has a little wrinkle to it, um, which is great. Uh, so. If the Gauchos can start off the season pretty strong, I think, you know, there's, there's consi- especially considering the depth chart that I'm looking at and all the preseason accolades, if they can live up to the billing, which I think they will, and I think you will, because you're a good coach. And we are, you guys are good coaches, you and Matt and Erdie and Dylan. This team is going to live up to the billing because I've, I've seen it out there in the scrimmages. It, it's all coming together. So, I don't know if I want to go with the preseason accolades first or just go to the depth chart, but I mean, it has yeah, to be, it has what, to be said I, I, here. I, yeah. It has yeah. to be said here. Cause pick to finish first in the big West preseason number 17 ranked on the D one baseball.com 24th and perfect game. Ager and Barrett have been either first, second or third team in all of the major media outlets. As far as preseason all America goes, there's some, I think, Ager was picked to be pitcher of the year preseason. Jackson Flora picked to be freshman of the year. So there's plenty of accolades to go around. And I'm sure that always makes us nervous because it's, well, now there's expectations or different yeah, expectations. I think, I think Nick Saban called it rat poison. So rat poison. Thank I you. I actually shared one of his <laughs> quotes with the team when the, a lot of those things were starting to come out that there's not a whole lot of good that comes from preseason. I, and, and it's not, you know, the, if if you if you want to be on the top of the mountain consistently, you're going to have, you know, preseason accolades. I think that's that, that that's part of that. I think everybody aspires to get to that point and stay at that point. Um, 
but there's not a whole lot of good that really comes from it because it's not, you know, it's, it's not based on what you've actually done as a team this year. It's, you know, it's in the past, it's past performances or future projection versus, you know, where you are as a team, right, right, right now. And, um, so I think with a lot of that stuff that, you know, the, the messaging is, Hey, that's great. People think you're good, but we've still got to go out and, and play the game. You know, it doesn't, it's not worth any points on the board. And if you spend all your time sitting around reading, you know, I, I would say press clippings, but that's, uh, they're not reading press clippings. They're it's reading a little dated. internet posts. It's a little dated. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're sitting around reading your internet posts, um, yeah, your, your head's not in the right space, which, you know, it should be under preparation and getting ready to go play. And, um, and then the other negative is the pressure that it can create that, that, it, that it can, you know, turn into a, feel like you got a bullseye on your back and you got to live up to all that hype. And, um, so I think the best, best way to handle it is just put your head down and focus on what's right in front of you. Well, that, yeah, and that's and that's something that you you're teaching these guys on a daily basis. I feel like there's a message in there almost all the time about if maybe something goes bad in a scrimmage or you know, like like the fastball is off or your body language is bad or you're swinging at pitches out of the zone and and looking at pitches in the zone or something like that, then it's well what are you being distracted by? Are you being distracted by something that's external or is it, is it internal or is it, are you getting beat by your own process? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to bring that up. Cause I think the, the scrimmages are really hard to win from a coaching perspective. Yeah. So if you pitch really great, you come home and you go, man, are we going to score any runs this year? And if you swing the bats really well, you go, man, are we going to get anybody out? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's – everybody always asks me, how the scrimmage go? And I'm like, I, let's look, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, we could say, well, well, Saturday at Bishop Diego, I mean, Bremner was throwing fireballs, and everyone was doing it on. It looked, it, was, it looked awesome. Yeah, but then you go home, you go, yeah, we punched out. Right, you a know, bunch of times. More than, way more than we should, and you want to be able to beat Tyler Bremner on Friday. Um, because you're gonna, we're gonna face guys like him. If you want to be good, you have to face guys like that. If you want to play deep into the postseason and you want to win your conference and you want to go to regional, you, you have to beat Friday guys. Um, so yeah, all, all that stuff you know goes into it. I think you know, we're we've got a talented group, there's no question about that. I think they've put the time in, they've controlled all the stuff they can control. Um, you know, now it's about, you know, how do you handle the ups and downs of the season? You know, how do you, how do you handle it when you get punched in the nose and you're bleeding all over the floor? Can you, can you wipe the blood off and pick yourself back up and, 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 and get back out there? And, um, you know, those are, that's the, the fun part about the season though, are the kind of those ups and downs and the, the, it's cliche, but it's really, you know, how, how you respond to all those situations. So. One one last bit on the scrimmage thing because Bremner was great on Saturday, and then yesterday Monday, Gal just hit six home runs, including four in a row, and all of a sudden you feel like okay, like 
offense maybe was a, a you were maybe have feeling a, or had a question mark on the offense over the weekend and then they come out and it's like oh that was a good day for the offense like they can swing the bats it was six different guys who hit homers a couple of them were backside homers center field like you had guys hitting the ball hard all over the yard and so then then you leave that scrimmage going okay feel pretty good about about the offense so i mean you're right about the scrimmages it's uh, each one has different feel to it like i thought the guys were there was really good energy i thought it was really high quality baseball on sunday like there was uh, some messages that were sent on saturday in the in the debrief and i think the guys responded and were were pretty on it on sunday and then on monday there was a bunch of homers and a couple of the arms look good so i mean it's all rolling together neat and tidy yeah the the front end pitching has been good and they've been really good um you know in the scrimmages and they're they're ahead of the hitters as they should be at this point the hitters haven't seen as much live live pitching um some of that's based on just time of the year and some of that's based on the field situation and um and the weather um and i would get i would guess we probably have you know offensively half the at bats that we would normally have um in regards to, you know, how many innings we're scrimmaging and how much live pitching that they've seen. We, we only scrimmage twice a week in the fall. Usually that would be three, sometimes four. Um, we, we pretty much until this last week had only scrimmaged twice a week. Um, so I, I, I expected our pitching to be ahead of our hitting the pitching part. And, you know, the situation is pretty, it is what it is. You got a bullpen mound, you got somewhere to throw a long toss you know, we've got all of our gadgets and all that stuff. It's, it's easier for us to get those guys ready than it is offensively when you're not, you're not seeing live pitching as much. It's more cage tunnel. You're not getting feedback from ball flight during batting practice. I mean, the amount of times that we've taken on field batting practices, um, I I think we'll be up to three or four times since, since November 15th. So, uh, you know, I, not surprised that we were the pitching was ahead of the hitting it was like you said it was nice to see them break out um I thought the process was a lot better on Sunday Reed Morgan you know came in and carved and threw really well and some of those bullpen guys were coming back for their first time of throwing you know twice in a weekend um and maybe weren't quite as sharp but were still good um but I thought the at bats were better. You know, some guys their plans were better. Maybe the execution wasn't perfect, but I thought their their brains were getting in the right space, um, and their approaches were in the right space. And then on on Monday, um, you know, against maybe maybe not our top end pitching, um, you know, they 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 went to town on them pretty good. So, um, but that that was good to see that we were able to break out and guys were able to you know, execute. Let's go to the pitching staff. I mean, where do you, where do you start with the pitchers? I mean, we, we know the rotation, so you can, you know, I guess we could start with Matt Ager cause he's going to pitch on Friday and the way Bremner has been pitching, he's, he's earned a promotion. He's going to start on Saturday and then, and then Mikey Gutierrez, who is back for his third year as a gaucho, the lefty, he'll be pitching on Sunday. So it starts with those three but you have plenty of other starting pitcher candidates and you have at least sitting here right now, potentially a very deep bullpen with options left and right. So sitting here 
February 13th before opening weekend, what is what is the pitching outlook, or at least what what you could what you're willing to share? Because uh, Gallagher will also start. He'll probably start on Tuesday. I think that's not too much to say, but yeah. Hopefully, I answered your question correctly. I got a little distracted because the contractor was asking me a question about Mount Height. So, oh, um, back, <laughs> <laughs> which pertains to both of us. Yes, um, it does. So, um, yeah, the pitching: uh, Ager, Bremner, uh, Gutierrez, Gallagher. Um, one of the more difficult decisions to make. I, mean, I think. A couple other times where we've had to do this, like 15, 16, those guys were maybe the starting rotation wasn't quite as obvious. Um, and not because you weren't sure if you had anybody, but because you had some some pretty good arms. I have a tendency to be a little hard on them. Um, I remember being in the office and uh, I don't, don't know if we have an ace, you know, like we've got can't remember who we lost the year before. I think we lost Pettibone off the pitching staff the year before. Some somebody on Friday, and going into that year and just going, man, I just don't think. You know, you're talking about fifteen. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember saying that. I know I'm an idiot. I just think maybe it's because I'm just critical of those guys and I want them to be be really good. Um, but I remember going into that and going, yeah, we've got like how. Are we, how are we going to win on Friday? Do we have an ace? And, you know, you end up with the first pitcher taken in the draft and Dylan Tate. And then the Saturday guys, Hockamay is a fifth rounder. And then Sunday guy is the future Cy Young award winner. And um, Tuesday guy ends up having a really good college and pro career, Dominic Maza. And so um, I think maybe I'm getting a little more realistic now that I've done it a little bit longer. And I feel like we have good arms this year. And I feel like we have, you know, multiple options at the front end of the rotation that um, I think a lot of people will be happy to have. And so, you know, starting Brian Gallagher on uh, on Tuesday, it just, it feels almost silly. Um, it was the freshman West pitcher of the year in uh, 2022. Um, and, you know, it was eight and one with a three something Ernie and a strike thrower and, He's had a really good January. I mean, a really, really good January. He's thrown the ball well. Um, and to have to tell him, hey, you're you're throwing on Tuesday was hard because I feel like he's, you know, weekend caliber. And we'll see how this all s- settles in. Um, you know, the reality of it is, you know, a, a win on Friday against Campbell is, you know, as valuable as a win on Tuesday against Pepperdine in the preseason because – there's no league standings for non-conference. Um, so, you know, that's the message to those guys is, hey, go out and do your job. What, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, it doesn't matter. Those those all all count. They all add up for us in the, our non-conference win total. And um, once conference play comes around, then you've got to start making some harder decisions. If, you know, do you, want, do you want one of your best arms starting on Tuesday um, for you? and to not have one of those guys available on the weekend and at conference play, you have to start thinking about that. So, um, you know, then you, th- you know, the couple other guys that you throw into the mix that were working up as starters in case somebody, you know, struggled or wasn't quite ready or had a, an injury, you know, Reed Mooring, who was fantastic on Sunday, had a really good fall. Um, Jackson Flora, who's going to, you know, be a starter at some point here and, you know, has all the makings of a, you know, Friday night ace. 
Hudson Barrett, who was an All-American last year and um, will likely be a you know, starting pitcher before this is all, all said and done. Uh, and then Cole Triva, you know, the other freshman who reminds me a lot of Kyle Nelson. You know, it's a kind of reliever profile right now, but you can you could see his changeups probably more. It's more advanced than Kyle's was uh, when Kyle was here. So you could you know envision him being a starter. So you know all those guys, um, and that's not taken away from the other guys. You know that that are behind them a little bit. Those guys have all kind of separated themselves at the top end of the the pitching staff. And then we've got some other, some other guys that, you know, we think can help, should help. Um, we think have, you know, bright futures here. They just haven't been as consistent maybe as those other guys. Yeah. Every time I think about the pitching, it's, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. I'm glad I don't have to tell somebody that they're not pitching on this day, but you're absolutely right about the midweeks because there have been teams in the past and we have been here that have succeeded in midweek games. And that is what's led them to a regional appearance. It's what's boosted the RPI. It's what's increased the win total gotten us over the 40 win total. I mean, they're, they're so essential, especially when the Southern California teams are always competitive and you throw in LMU in the mix and UCLA and CBUs. I think CBU is now eligible for I believe they are yeah the tournament yeah. you know and they competed for a conference championship last year so those midweek games are vital and especially like we've had games down the stretch in May like against UCLA where it felt like man yeah, this the, that game would make or break the season based on where we were sitting RPI wise or if we we're on the bubble or if we you know so they're important they are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And I think last year and who knows, we, you know, obviously we, we fell on our faces at the end there in the conference standings and slid, but we were still 18 and 12 in conference play. Um, do I have that right, Kevin? So we'll at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, 18 and 12 is a pretty good conference season and, you know, you win through more midweek games and you're at, you know, 38 wins and your RPIs and the, top 45 you you might sneak in so yeah they're big they're important they cannot be taken for granted yeah another thing that can't be taken for granted is the offense and and the defense as well and and having coach fontino back in the mix it's i think it's been a great it's we felt the change right away and i think there's been a great response from the players on having matt back where that felt like his attitude and his coaching style is, has been what, what the team needed after the way last year finished off. And I think scrimmages have been, been really fun with the element of base running and, and just the fiery nature of, of how he runs the offense. But what is, what has Matt brought to the table since uh, returning to Gaucho land? Well, I mean, we've been really, really fortunate the last four or five years with, you know, him and Donegal, being able to pass the baton back and forth and to be able to have, you know, experienced coaches that can run that side of the ball for us and lead it. And um, I think a lot of times people just kind of view, you know, that the hitting coach is the hitting coach versus, you know, in our situation there, they run the offense. I, I do the pitching and um, lead up the defensive side of things and team defense and all that. But on the offensive side of it, you know, I can't, I can't be at all of that stuff. I'm in the bullpen for four or five hours a day. I can't, 
I can't run an offense and do that as well. And I, I don't have the experience with it either. Um, and so we've been really fortunate to have those two guys, you know, pass that baton back and forth. And um, Matt has, you know, when Donald got the head job, um, you know, obviously we're all really excited for him. Um, but then to have the ability to have the quality of somebody like Matt Fontino with his experience and having been in our dugout and understanding, you know, how we do things here um, and be plug and play has been fantastic. Um, and I think, yes, he has, he has a different style um, than, than coach Fergus for sure. Uh, both of them are very good coaches. Um, and I, I think the, you know, the timing for, for Matt was perfect to come in and, you know, step, you know, try and try to reestablish some of those foundational basic principles. Um, and uh, I think it's been good for the guys. So. So looking at, looking at the depth chart on who's going to start, I mean, you're the one who writes the lineup at the end of, at the, well, not the end of the day at the, uh, depending on how things are going, it could be the end of the day. It could also be 30 minutes before first pitch, but doesn't have very often, but <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, you want to be have a have an easy lineup to write in, but once again, like we have, we have a collection of position players where you can see multiple lineups on any different day, any different day. Uh, that might not make sense, but I'm going with it. But the guys I see first: Parker behind the plate, McCollum at first, Oakley at second, Darby at third, Nunez at short, Sebring, Calvin. Brett hour in the outfield and maybe like a, maybe a Trimble or a Durfee or a DeAngelis, a DH is just the first one that I wrote down. And there's a, there's lots of interchangeable place, uh, interchangeable pieces within that mix. But who are some of the guys that are going to see a lot of time on the field and at multiple positions? Um, yeah. Xander had, you know, Xander's obviously, you know, the lead to play third base. We've got Corey Nunez back. It's the lead to play short. Um, Aaron Parker is the lead behind the plate. Um, Coach Fontino was able to recruit uh, Durfee after he got the job here. Really fortunate that um, that we're able to to pick him up. I think he's um, somebody that if something happened to AP, we'd be happy riding with for you know thirty games. If he had to go back there and catch for us every day, I think he's very capable of being able to do that and do it very well. Um, he's really done a nice job um, getting stronger and a little more physical, a little more athletic. Uh, his bat speed has improved significantly um, as a result of the physicality as well as what what, what Matt and, and Spencer have done with his swing. Um, you know, he looks like a middle of the order hitter. Um, so he'll he'll catch you know, split time with AP. AP is the leader in the clubhouse right now, but he's not going to catch every game. So I would say that, you know, probably two and one on a weekend. Then we'll see where we're at on a Tuesday. Um, he also has moved over for space, can play some of that. That allows us to get Trey back into the outfield where he, he um, is a, that's where he, he, he naturally plays there. Um so, uh, you know, you mentioned interchangeable parts, and there are, are a lot of those. A lot of that has to do with Trey's, you know, utility, his ability to play it, you know, really good first base and also be a really good outfielder. Uh, Reese Calvin, who we brought in from uh, Ventura College, who was a shortstop, 
also can play the outfield. He probably probably won't play shortstop here, but um, you know can also play second, and third. Jonah Sebring um, will be in one of the other outfield spots who performed really well for us last year down the stretch before he got hurt. You know he has the ability to play second base, um, play center, play right. Um, so we have some some flexibility there defensively, which is nice because we can, you know, maneuver the the lineup a little bit based on who we're facing and move some guys around. And if we want to get a little bit more right-handed, um, you know, we can make a couple of those defensive moves. Uh, Ivan Bredar, obviously an all-conference player last year, um, is going to be in the you know the middle of the order, and he's a you know he's a real physical threat. Um, probably one of the corner spots for the DH spot. Um, and at second base, uh, you know, Nick Oakley's returning. He played there a bunch. We've got Justin Trimble as well, who's come back off an injury, um, who has some power. And, is, you know, I, I think he's an elite defender, can play all three uh, defensive, all four defensive spots in the infield. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've got some, we've got some moving parts. I think the, um, you know, Jesse Brown mentioned him. He's he's done a nice job as a you know third string catcher. Um, Nick Putnam's probably our third or fourth string catcher with with Jesse. Um, those guys can all move around a little bit. We probably don't have as much uh, depth in the infield. It it, it drops off um, uh, fairly significantly in terms of the readiness of some of maybe some of those younger guys. Um, after after we get past some of those uh, some of those regulars that I mentioned, um, so it's important that we stay healthy. Um, those those guys stay healthy, and so that we can we can put together you know a, a strong nine nine man offensive lineup. Well, I think there's a lot more team speed as well. Uh, it, it's the stolen base element of of the game, and is. It's come to a forefront, I think, in at the major league level with the with the base the bases and the and the pick rules, and we saw a real uptick in stolen bases at that level. And it's always been it's been a part of the Gaucho history, of course, with the with the Ferrer teams, uh, and, and Bob Bronsma stealing bases, Joe Roundtree stealing bases, and uh, looking at this what we have and the athletes that we have, like I think we could probably steal a lot of bases this year as well. Yeah, they're yeah Reese and. Uh, and Jonah and Trey, um, those guys are all legitimate base stealing threats. Um, Aaron Parker's for a catcher. Not only he's just a he's a plus runner, catcher or no catcher. Um, he has the ability to steal some. I think the other other guys have some speed. They're you know they they may not run against you know really quick leg times in a plus catcher, but they're athletic and and can run. Um, you know, and then we we'd have a tendency to run you know a pressure offense from that standpoint. Matt, well, Matt was running the offense in twenty one. We led the conference in stolen bases and um, home runs as well that year. So um, yeah, we want to be able to put pressure on on people, and I think we've got some some people some personnel to be able to do that. And um, you know, Matt's done a nice job with those guys of, of trying to get them ready to, to put pressure on the other team. Well, at this juncture of the year, every year we're always chomping at the bit to get the season going. And this year, unique circumstances. I think we're as excited as ever to, to get going. And that is going to start Friday against Campbell. It's a five o'clock Eastern 
first pitch. We will have audio stream for that. You can watch the game on Flow Sports. I think that all three games will be on Flow Sports, but it'll be 5 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 12 o'clock Eastern time. So that's 2 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Um, I know you're excited. Everybody's everybody's pumped. You know, we're we're passing out bag tags and travel bags and getting the travel stuff all put together. The, the sun is out here. It's a beautiful, feels like spring day. So baseball is in the air. Um, and we're excited to get going. But any other thoughts before before we let you go just to kick off the season or any other thank yous or shout outs that you need to uh, take care of here? Well, thank you to you. You had to double time it as well. So assistant general contractor and project manager. And so appreciate all you do. And we're, we're excited to get going. Um, like our group, I think it, uh, you know, I, I think there's enough talent on the roster to, to make some noise. Some serious noise. As always, thank you, Checks. If, uh, yeah, any schedule changes, the website's going to be dialed in on that. We'll be dialed in on social media on on keeping you up to date on where games are going to be played uh, in the coming days. And uh, glad we glad we got you before before this. I was worried because, it's, like I said, and like you said, there's so much going on. So we got a nice uh, Tuesday day off, a couple practices in Carolina before we get going, and um, we'll see you on the plane. Yeah. See you bright and early tomorrow, 3.30 a.m. in the airport. All right, we had these three guys on a couple years ago, dubbed it as the freshman trio, and they're still here. They're all third years. They're now the, the junior trio. It's Xander Darby, Trey McCollum, and Justin Trimble. We're running it back before year three as part of the season preview podcast. Uh, Xander, Trey, and Trim. Z got on right on time, right after I sent the text message, loud and clear. He's you know got a nice background, everything. And we spent 25 minutes trying to get Trey and Trim's computer going. So can you guys explain yourselves? What's up with that? Um, <laughs> I just want to say, first off, uh, Kev, good to be back on here again. Um, I <laughs> appreciate you having us back on here. And yeah, there were just some computer problems going on. Um, my computer, like some of the sound wasn't working and, uh, we just had a lot of technical difficulties, but, uh, we're here now and uh, we're back better than ever. Z, yeah. how you doing over there? Fantastic. You know, been waiting patiently for the boys to get on, but like Trey said, thank you for having, having us. Well, Z's uh, second pot of the year, so I had you on with uh, Ager. Oh, right. Because uh, you had a, a decent summer in the Cape, so we we went over that, and now we get to have your friends join. I'm I'm surprised that you guys aren't roommates, all three of you. Trey and Trim are. Yeah. Those guys yeah. live together, but but not Z. You guys kicked Z out. Um, you know, we, we see each other like every day. So I don't think like, I mean, realistically, when we come home, we're really only like awake for the next two hours, two, three hours. And then, I mean, besides the weekend, I guess, but, um, nothing against Z, of course. He, he's, he's our boy. Well, Z, Z missed you in the fall. 
trim because you had hip surgery and you were out. And so Xander, he didn't have his, his classmate working with him at third base. And now you come back and you're like, I'm just going to play shortstop. C is he like, I'm, I'm, I'm moving over to the, to the sixth spot. You just, you just yeah, leave him in the dust. It is always love, you know, we're the left side of the infield, you know, uh, position right next to each other. So it's not too bad, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'll play wherever position as long as it's near Z. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Dan, Xander likes that. He, he, he approves. He's like, yeah, that's my I did, boy. I did miss my throwing partner. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that was the worst thing about having to get surgery and rehab, not having to, I've been able to throw a Z. Um, I mean, that was, that was tough. That, that, that came me up at night for sure. Now where's Trey in this, in this whole mix? Cause Trey's running down balls in left center, but he's also, he's also man in first base. So like trade, are you playing catch with somebody who plays outfield and infield or you play a catch with a catcher? Like who's your, oh, thought yeah. yeah. I mean, that's actually a good question because so like when I'm playing infield and I'm doing like the infield catch play series, I play with uh, Will Matuzak. So I mean, it, it's me and him, me and him are catch play partners. But then when I'm playing outfield, I'm doing like the outfield catch play series. It's me and Reese Calvin. So, I mean, it kind of just depends on like what I'm doing for the day. If I'm playing infield, if I'm playing outfield. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's cool just, uh, you know, playing with different guys. But yeah, it's definitely like a little, a little like switch, but it's pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Now, Trey, Trey just, uh, he came from a SAC meeting, S-A-A-C. Yes. Very, very important. Trey, can you break down what SAC is? Yeah, so SAC is uh, what's called the Student Athlete Advisory Council. And uh, I was actually in it with Xander last year. And uh, basically uh, what we do, it's more like a uh, it's more like a student body. And uh, we try to just uh, like create events and just form different things to do on campus to include athletes and honestly to include the more the entire student body. So we just uh, create different things. And like one thing we did was a, a beach cleanup. So it was a whole thing that we had uh, all the athletes come out and uh, we just helped pick up trash at the beach and just try to just make our, make our school, make our environment the cleanest place, the best place possible. So it's just little things like that, uh, that just really helped bring the athlete community together. And honestly, just the whole Santa Barbara community together. That's awesome. And that's, that's not just baseball players. That's, that's the whole athletic department, everybody involved in, in UCSB athletics. Definitely. Yes, sir. So I was, I was joking with Trey and Z because we did scrimmage today and, and the bats showed up and the Gauchos hit six homers, including back to back to back to back homers. That was crazy. That was remarkable. I, I, I know I've seen back to back. We've, we've seen it the last couple of years in real games. We've seen, I don't know if I've seen back to back to back, but we did. We went four in a row today. It was, uh, I think it started with Parker. Then it was Reese Calvin. Then it was Corey Nunez going to Apo Taco, and then Rex DeAngelis down the right field corner. And uh, the first two homers of the day, Xander Darby, two run shot to right field. I think he pointed to this guy like ten times. And then, <laughs> I got asked and, then and then Trey, Trey goes, and, and this is at Dos Pueblos High School, and shout out to the Chargers for letting us practice at their yard for uh, a few sessions. 
and it's it's 376 to dead center. Trey goes dead center, and he hits it, and I hear him running out of the box. He's like, come on, get going, get going. Carry, carry, get out of here. That's so he, he barely snuck it out, but it was a grand slam. So that leaves us with two guys that hit homers on this pod, but one guy who didn't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Call me out. Trey, well, come on, Trim. I mean, the only thing I got to say is – if we break down home run to at bat ratio, <laughs> who is who is up there? Not taking away anything from these guys, but that's a valid point. That's a valid home point. run to at bat ratio. I come back, miss the whole fall. Um, first at bat home run, and I got one two weeks ago. I didn't get one this weekend, but um, like I said, not taking anything away from these guys, but. Um, you know, I guess it just wasn't my day. You know, I, I got a few hits. So I'll take that. But um, I didn't take advantage of the short portion center. So, <laughs> Man, that's, that's impressive fodder that you came with. You went straight to the home run ratio. Good for you. Because <laughs> I think how many homers have you hit in a Gaucho uniform in, in real games? Do you have like three, three or four? Yeah, I have three. You don't have quite as many at, at bats as, as Darby and McCollum. Yeah, I have. I don't know off the top of my head, but um, I know I remember you pointed out one time, like I think it was my freshman year. It was I went one for nine with one home run. And then. Last year, my first start, my second career hit was a home run as well as my third one. And I eventually got like a pinch hit some point later in the season. And I finally got a single. And I remember you pointed out to me like at the end of the game, you're like, oh, congrats, Trim. Like finally, uh, finally got a base hit other than uh, finally got a hit other than a home run. And I kind of like once I once you said that, I, I kinda, <laughs> like, wow, like I really haven't like it was it was kind of funny. But uh, uh, I, I always wondered if if checks knew that your only hits were homers. Like, like, why aren't we pinch hitting trim here? Like he's, he's going to hit a homer. Like if he gets a hit, it's, it's going to be a homer. Like we need to run here. Might as well send trim up. Yeah. Who cares if it's a left-handed pitcher. Like he's going to hit a bomb. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me, let me give something for Z here. I already said, ask Xander about chocolate chip cookies. Whoa. So he didn't give me any other details other than we got to we got to ask Z about chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I mean, I love chocolate chip cookies. That's all I can say, pretty much. Um, been to Crumble, they're uh, milk chocolate chocolate chip cookies, delicious. My mom, Liz Darby, makes delicious chocolate chip cookies. My, uh, I, I'm I'm sure most of these listeners are probably aware of this, but the brown butter. Going that extra mile uh, in the cookie recipe makes makes a big difference. Brown butter. Yeah, got to brown the butter before. Oh, you! it's not like something that you buy. You got to brown the butter first. Yeah, yeah. So you make your own cookies? I personally consume them more than I eat, <laughs> I would say. Um, I definitely got a sweet tooth. My roommates and teammates can back that up. Uh. Tropicana does a mean uh, double chocolate chip cookie. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? 
Oh yeah, I was gonna say you would always you would be coming to the field, taking them to go and like two napkins, sandwich them together and hand them out to the team since like freshman year. I remember that. Yeah. Hand them out to the team. Leave the dining hall with a few few cookies and a couple of napkins, bring them to the field. Alex Schreier, former gaucho, huge cookie guy as well. So I had to share the love with him a little bit. Wow. Where where would you rank some of the cookies that come in like the box lunches that we get at games? The J Mike's cookies? Oh well, well there's we there's oh, the Ike's cookies are really good. The Ike's salted caramel cookie. That's probably eight out of ten. J Mike's probably six, seven out of ten. Um Dude, those Ike's cookies are gas. What about the uh, like Subway? Um, those are also really good, but I haven't had too many. I don't know. This is Ike's? No, yeah, you said Ike's, the Ike's one. Yeah, I'm thinking of um, maybe some sandwich spots that that they don't have in Santa Barbara that we get when we're on the road. But the Ike's one's definitely competitive. Oh yeah, with the caramel apple lollipop to finish. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, I was sir. actually shout out Trey. I always give mine to his. Yeah, those are see, we're talking about cookies here, but those are fire. The caramel apple pops. I mean, come on now. I like for on, on a weekend, I'll probably have a good like four or five of those. And like I'm basically just asking everyone on the team, I'm like, hey bro, like let, let, let me get your let me get your I'll give you my cookie. Jake yeah, yeah. You. yeah, so our trainer Jake, uh, he also would always just like toss them to me like Pre-game, he's like, hey, Trey, you want this? And I was like, you know I want that, man. I that over, man. And then, so, yeah, he just give them to me before game. And I'm just like, hey, thanks, Jake. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Jake, always looking out. Yup, facts. Always looking out for everybody. Uh, over, under, well, not over, under. How many cookies do you consume a week, Xander? Chocolate chip or the like? Uh, Depends if I get a delivery. A delivery? Like if I got like a care package or something from the from the family, <laughs> um, probably. I mean, if you count just cookies, uh, probably like five five a week. If they're accessible, probably more. So care package, you're having well, double digits easily. Probably, I mean, fresh yeah. snickerdoodles. And you're you're bringing them to the clubhouse. You're sharing them with everybody. Um, no, they don't make it out of my house because I have so many roommates. So I share the love for sure. But okay, so if you're if you're a teammate of Xander's and you're interested in getting cookies, you got to live with them because they're not making them to the clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so this this fall and and this uh. This winter preseason has been unlike any other. And we've been playing at multiple fields. And again, I'd like to shout out to all the places that we've been to Westmont College, Santa Barbara City College, those Pueblos High School, Bishop Diego High School, and Lakeside High School in Lake Elsinore. How is the, the homecoming for you, Trey? You got to see the fam? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, last weekend headed out to uh, Lakeside High School. Uh, that was about like that's about like forty minutes from like where I live. And then uh, when we the hotel we stayed in was actually in Temecula, which was basically like three minutes from my house. So like 
I was just like talking to a lot of the guys and I was like, this is crazy. Like, like the whole team is like literally like in my hometown. Like who would have thought that the whole team would just be in like Temecula, like three minutes from my house. So yeah, it, it was super cool. And then also just to, you know, scrimmage, just get, get more at bats under the, under the belt, getting ready for season. And then obviously the pitchers, uh, getting to throw to some live hitters and everything. So it was a good weekend overall for all of us. And you went yard. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Yard. The right center. That was the right center. That was a good one. And on that Friday night when we were there, it was pretty chilly. Oh. It was pretty windy. And 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 parents were there. They were there. They were hey, shout out my my dad, Lee McCollum, my mom, Toy McCollum. They were out there in the literally freezing wind. It was probably like 40 degrees out there with the wind and everything. And uh, they stayed pretty much the whole game. So yeah, uh, shout out my parents. I love you guys. Shout out to the McCollums. Pretty much the whole game. I'm pretty sure they they bounced after you hit your homer, right? Yeah, yeah. They told me they, they were actually getting a little too cold. And my mom, uh, I think my mom was having like a little uh, uh, allergic reaction or something that was going on. So she had to actually uh, get going. But she's good. She's all good now. Good. We're looking forward to seeing them at as many games as possible this year because I know they always show out. So yeah. we're, psyched. we're psyched for that. Uh, turn it over to Trim here. Trim, have you read any good books lately? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give the short answer. Uh, no, <laughs> Trey and Z are losing it. Why? Why? So, why are you guys losing it? I don't know why that is so funny. I mean, I mean, I could ask the same question to Trey right here. Like, I, I've never seen him touch a book. I mean, how many, how many books have you read? And let's say the last ten years, Trey. Um, uh, actually, I've actually had to read a lot of books for class. Um, or outside of class uh outside of class is a little bit of a different story but uh i've read some good books in class trim don't spin this on trey okay i asked you the question <laughs> i'm I'm just fine for myself right now so we, we got we had to bring up the home runs today <laughs> and then we're asking about the books you know it's it's all good though it's all good. so you haven't read any good books lately um uh, i have not okay well at least you're honest and we appreciate that. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> I was me and me and Spencer, we were driving home from practice today and I was telling him about this was he's gave me all this dirt about the cookies and, and such. And he said that when you were going in for surgery, that you were going to read some books. That's going to be part of your recovery. Yeah. So yeah. That I, changed. Yeah. No, I did pick up on a few things. Um, I remember having that conversation with Erdie and he was asking like, or I think he shot, shoot me a text just asking like, you know, things to pick up on, like after surgery, you know, like books, you know, journaling, you know, you know, uh, checking out the sunrise, sunset, stuff like that. And um, I did pick up journaling though. And um, I've been doing that for a little bit. Um, I have like my own like hitting, hitting journal. I know we do like our own, like at bat, like, eval reports and stuff but um but i have been doing like my own like little journaling stuff just write down like good or bad however the the day goes you know just sticking with it and um so i have picked up on something i guess you know i haven't i haven't really i haven't read it all i, I would say that but <laughs> but i have picked up on that well you look good you look like yourself out there on the field smooth the infield, the arm is strong, hitting for some power. Uh, 
hitting for maybe a little more contact than before, which which we like to see. But how what's like other than the journaling, like what are a couple of things that you maybe you learned about yourself or otherwise uh, going through the surgery process and the recovery process? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was the time that I was spent like away from the game, just like having to watch practice and, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, I really like understood for like a baseball standpoint, like, like why we do stuff in like certain like situations, like why, why we would put on a certain bunt defense in this point in the game or why we would, you know, put a, first and third play in the ninth inning compared to the sixth inning. And, you know, the past couple years, you know, I was able to like, you know, remember them off the, off the top of my head and um, know what to do in a given situation or a given position. But I feel like the biggest thing now is like, is really like why we do it and who is like important in this, um, in this play or stuff like that. So, um, kind of just like a like a more like a feel for the game i feel like that um it was kind of like a blessing in disguise having to be on the sidelines for the whole fall so it's a different perspective it really is and i know at least speaking from a broadcasting perspective if i if i'm sitting maybe in a in a press box like elevated directly behind home plate i'm going to see the game a certain way but then if i'm if i'm down low like right behind the backstop i'm going to see it completely different like you're going to, I'm going to see the strike zone. I'm going to see the velocity of the pitches. I'm going to, I'm going to feel it a little more than if I'm up in the press box. And then in some cases I've been stuck like above the first base dugout or the third base dugout where I'm not behind the action. I'm like on the side of the action and it all alters, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it all alters my view. And I broadcast it based on where I'm sitting. Like I've really noticed it. It's pretty bizarre, honestly. Like it's just so weird how different you can see the game from different spots. Like if you're in the outfield, if I was broadcasting a game from behind the fence, I'm sure I would see it a completely different way. And you could hear it. At least I could hear it in the way I'm broadcasting. So when you're in the in the play, you're in the action, or you're you're tired from the last play and maybe you're walking back and they're running another one, maybe you miss a couple of things as opposed to if you're standing there observing and maybe coaching, like helping your, your teammates on certain plays. Like maybe you are standing by some of the infielders while they're running through the play and, and checks or Erty is trying to explain something, maybe a mistake that they made. And then they run back to their position and you're standing there and you give them a tip like, Oh, this is why you do this. Or this is why you do that. Had that ever happened? I'm sure it did a, a couple of times. Yeah, there was, um, I mean, off the top of the head, I can't really remember, but I know, like, I mean, there were, like, a few times, I know, like, some of the freshmen, like, you know, if they were off to the side, like, doing, um, I don't know, infield drills or something, and um, someone's doing, like, a ground ball station to the left where they're over um, to the side of the field, you know, um, I feel like in, in some ways I was almost able to, like, be like almost like another coach to like some like the freshmen at some times. And, um, and I think that was, that was pretty cool. Like it was like definitely put myself in a different perspective. What about Trey or Z? 
with your like you guys have been have been healthy you guys have been been building your bodies up all that stuff have you guys learned anything from from trim like with his his process going through the the injury and and the surgery i mean yeah definitely i mean just from like watching trim like from the point where he got surgery to like where he is now i think it's like really easy like you could easily play the victim card like in in trim sense and be like uh, and like when you, once he got back on the field, he could he could have easily been like, yo, well, I, I've been out for a little while, and like you know, I haven't been like in practice like with the rest of the guys. Like it it, it would be really easy for him to say that, but he never once has said that. He's never once you know complained about that he hasn't been out there. And like if you watch him play, I mean, I feel like Xander could say the same thing. Like if you watch him on the field, like even today, like it doesn't even look like he's missed a beat. Like hit a double today, hit a, hit a like backside single. Like he's still hitting the ball like 150 off the bat. So I mean, it's like he literally hasn't missed a beat. So I think uh, it was just, I, for me, it was just pretty inspiring just to watch. Like, and it's only been a matter of like a couple of months. It's been pretty inspiring just to watch him do what he's done, and then just to make it back on the field. Uh, so yeah, it's just been pretty cool. Thanks, man. Of course, of course, of course. Z, anything to add? I mean, Trey kind of got it spot on. I was just immediately thought of the word inspired because of how you like responded to once you came back, like, like Trey said, you really couldn't tell that you missed anything like the entire fall. And then you came back and was like, he's ready to go already. Like he's swinging the bat. Great. He's feeling like he always feels, I can always remember how long you've come since that, that freshman fall to now you're like one of our best defenders. So that's, it's really awesome to see. And yeah, like, it could have been so easy for you to get all like pissy and mad in the fall when you were on the sidelines, but you had a ton of patience and had to watch it all. But here you are now, ready to go. Thanks, Z. I appreciate that. Sir. Lots of love. Lots of love. Now, much love. Let's let's talk about the pitching staff because you guys get to see them up close and personal on a daily basis, and there's been a lot of hype. Yeah, I think it's deserved. It's well deserved because of how well the staff performed last year, and many of those arms, many of those innings, are back. Matt Ager, Mike Gutierrez, Tyler Bremner, Hudson Barrett, and one guy in particular, Ryan Gallagher, who's coming back from an injury. He had Tommy John surgery, and along with Hayden Hattenbach, who's also back, coming off of the arm surgery. Those guys are in your class as well. At least uh, Galley is. Is Hayden, Hayden in your guys' class too? I think he's a year older. Yeah, a year older. Yeah. But still, you know, teammates for for two plus years. What about what about Galley going through his process? Because I saw a little bit during the summer and then, of course, when he started pitching in the fall. And he looks stronger than ever. What about his process going through the injury? Um... I, I mean, I can start off, but, um, but yeah, um, I know for Trey and I, we've lived with them the past three years. And I think for anyone having to deal with, um, you know, going through a Tommy John surgery, I feel like that's, I mean, that's probably the worst, one of the worst injuries for a pitcher. And, um, especially, you know, coming off of a, a really successful season as freshman year, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's tough to, you know, take that pretty easy, but, um, but yeah, I think I think last year, um, from the time that he got surgery and the time you know from his like first outing, 
Um, he just, he kept the same mentality and, um, you know, balanced his, you know, uh, work ethic and all that stuff. And um, it was really cool to see because I know he's, he's gained, I mean, 10, 15 pounds at least. And um, I know his velo has ticked up and, um, and yeah, I think, I think it's really cool to see and uh, pretty inspiring just like for someone just to come back and, and improve from such a big injury. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can say the same thing too, is uh, he's like, he's just a guy who's like super committed to like his, his craft and, and the work he puts in. So, I mean, uh, you know, kind of the same as Trim. It was just like really inspiring to watch him come back from what he went through and to get back on the field this fall uh, and then just looking better than ever. Uh, like you said, Kev, he just he looks stronger than ever and he's throwing the ball way harder. Um, yeah, he, just, he just looks great and uh, we're excited to see uh, what he has in store for us this year. All good yeah. stuff. Z Z's in agreement? Absolutely. Uh, he's He's been grinding in the weight room. Uh, Peter Park and Luke Story got him right. And uh, yeah, he's he's a beast. I think I think we're gonna be saying that about a lot of our pitchers this I year. Agree. Yep. Yep. And you know, there there's been many teams in, in Gaucho history that have been at least in in Czech's tenure, as long as I've been here, that have been led by the pitching staff. And I wanna see I wanna see the hitters compete for leading this team. What do you guys think about that? Because we've got multiple preseason awards for for Ager and for Barrett uh, Gutierrez. I, he's like quietly maybe the best pitcher on the staff. Tyler Bremner's been unreal, especially uh, when he pitched on uh, what was that Saturday? This he looked unhittable. Yeah, on Saturday, and you know we've got some good looking good looking young arms: Cole Triba, Jackson Flora. Freshman, uh, Reed was outstanding on Sunday. Mooring, yeah, he's back. So a lot of names, a lot of names out there. And there's some pretty good hitters on this team too. And I, I want to see the I, – I want to challenge you guys to you – know, I'm sure Matt, Coach Fontino, has, has drilled this into your guys' head too. Like he's going to challenge you guys to be the focal point of this team. Am I am I right here? Because we got the three of you guys. You guys are all gonna play a prominent role. I know that. We got Aaron Parker, also in your class. We got Ivan Bredauer, third year as well. He was a standout performer last year. I mean, who else we got? Who else who else is gonna perform in that lineup? Yeah, I mean, we we got a whole bunch of tools. Um some some other notables. Uh I'll say uh, Nick Oakley, uh, senior. Uh, he's very, very, uh, very, uh, very good player. I mean, obviously, and uh, he's very just a uh, a guy who's been a vocal leader for us and uh, has a lot of experience. So uh, yeah, him as well. And then uh, some some outfitters too. Reese Calvin transfer um, coming in this year, and also he's fast. He can move. Uh, he can hit for power. Uh, hit for contacts. Uh, so we got we got a lot of tools in the lineup this year, and uh, just to merge that with the pitching we got as well, like we should be a, a pretty tough team to beat if we're 
just playing the game the right way and, uh, you know, just playing for each other at the end of the day. What about Jonas Sebring? Yeah, him too. Definitely. Lemon pepper. <laughs> I've been I've been comparing him to Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. In my head. Like he's been playing a little bit of second base, see him in the outfield. And how about the, the games he had in the fall in the scrimmages against LMU and Pepperdine? He's going crazy. I think like five home runs in those two games. It was yeah. unreal. He he missed a little time. He had a little family emergency this week. Comes out first pitch that he sees lays a double down left field line. So I'm excited about Jonah. Now, who's going to steal more bases? Sebring, Calvin, or McCollum? Who's going to steal more bases? Hey man, have to wait and find out. <laughs> We ain't find out. Trey, I feel like every game, every scrimmage that we have, you're either getting dosed, getting hit in the head, sliding back to first on a pickoff, or like bumping your knees, stealing second base, like, or even getting hit with an errant throw run up the first baseline. Like, every game, there's something. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I mean, something I've been working on this fall is just obviously to be more aggressive uh, on the bases. I mean, last season, only having 12 stolen bases, I mean, I feel like that's just, like, the very minimal of, like, what I could do on the bases. So, I mean, obviously, this fall is something that oh, I've wanted to work on that this fall, just being aggressive and, like, just trusting my speed and uh, just kind of just going out there and just letting it, letting it loose. Well, what about the summertime? I'm pretty sure you led the West Coast League in stolen bases. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool, too. We had, like, 25, 26 on bases. Yeah, that was cool, too. That was cool, too. Yeah, don't, don't forget about the work that you guys did in the summer. Yeah, for sure. Don't forget about it. So, you're – it sounds like you're you're leaning towards yourself. You're going to lead the team in stolen bags? I mean, it would be a bad answer if I didn't say myself. But, you know, obviously we have a lot of great great guys on the team. But, I mean, like, why why would I not say myself? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, me. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going back to my notes from episode 63 freshman trio back in 2022. I've got, cause this, this was like, I think we did this maybe like in January. It might, I can't remember if it was in January, like late fall, but I have questions here. Like who is the fastest? Who is the strongest? And who could throw the most strikes if they had to pitch? And I I want to say that Trey is the fastest. Xander is the strongest, and Trim could throw the most strikes. <laughs> he's, he's going, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> but where 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 does where all you guys rank with those three questions? Fastest, strongest, most strikes. Well, Trim is the best pitcher by far out of us three. By far, by far. He's got so a lot yeah. no like of Yeah, I mean, I, I knuckle the knuckleball. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember we 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 played clutch uh, last year, Kev. Uh, you were showing off your knuckleball, and it was. It, I, I mean, I was impressed. It looked pretty good as well. Um, that's that's probably my most confident pitch. Um, I I feel like I can land it in any spot, in any count. Um, 
you know, it's it's probably my go-to um, when we're playing like wiffle ball or something. But uh, but I, I did pitch uh, a little bit in the fall last year. So, but I but um, checks didn't let me throw my knuckle ball. So. <laughs> Dang, that's disappointing. Okay, who's the strongest? One. We had a nice debate before we started recording over this because there's there's serious debate on this one because you guys all crushed it in the weight room. Jimmy's uh, got the best barbell bench for sure. I say either either Justin or, or Xander. Like, I can hold my own in the weight room, but like these these dudes, like they they get after it. Like them homies are lifting like houses. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of them too. Trey, I always see Trey Crow in the 45s when we get our, uh, <laughs> we got the little arm farm going. But uh, and I I can't even I can barely lift those with two hands. And Trey's just curling them, perfect form of course, and get a little pump in. And I mean, same with Z. I mean, he Z likes to go a lot of lot of reps with uh, lower weight. I've I've picked up on that. And I, I'm I just kind of try to hold my own with when it comes to the the bicep curls. So, what about on the team? Ooh. Position player? Anybody. I mean, Ivan, Jess. Well, I guess, I guess, yeah, you guys don't lift the pitchers much, do you? No, never. Or rarely. All right, so position player. You got options. Well, yeah, squat, I mean, you got to go with Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Have to. Uh, not not Jayhan? <laughs> Jayhan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jayhan has given us some some competition, but I think Jesse's still. I mean, what is it? Four or five wheels? On five the, wheels. Five wheels on each side. I mean, that is that is crazy. And he got Aaron. And he got Reese. Aaron, can't forget Aaron, Reese. Reese is. The thing is about Aaron is he he probably could squat as much as Jesse. He just chooses not to. This <laughs> gets too big. I like I understand it, but it's like he's got it in him. But uh, like he'll we squat me, Trey, and uh, Aaron are usually in the same squat rack, and he's moving the same way we're moving, just like it's nothing. Yeah, for real. Like, oh, that was hard. I'm like, really? Yeah. It was hard. For motion, but you know, it's. I mean, he is very strong. Oh, I'll give him that. AP, uh, my money would be on AP. Uh, just the way he's put together. Yeah. The range of motion for sure helps him out. <laughs> That's great. Who's another one? Probably. I mean, I mean, I feel like we can't forget about Reese either, because like, yeah, when we're doing like dumbbell bench or something, that homie's just doing like one hundred fives, like like easily. And I'm like, yo, like, is that even heavy for you? And you're like, doesn't even look like it's like a problem for him. So, him too. Yeah, we got we got some strong cats on this baseball team. I think Oakley for sure thinks he's the strongest. <laughs> hey sometimes it's how you carry yourself you know that's true it's got to carry yourself so since you guys are third years i was trying to come up with a question like something along the lines of like what would you what's one thing that you would tell the freshman version of yourself with what you with what you know now about about baseball about the lifestyle about school about socializing like what's one thing that you would tell the freshman version of yourself when you stepped on campus i i can go i'd i'd probably is what i mean if i was like 
if I was talking to my freshman self, I go, Xander, stop freaking out. Everything's gonna be great. You you have it under control and you don't realize it. Like, enjoy everything. Freshman year go fast on you. That's uh, kind of what that sounds fall like. Went, fall went so slow. I'm sure Triv and Trey can uh, agree with me there, just because it's just like every day is like going to war. Like you don't know what. <laughs> What's gonna come at you? <laughs> like, like what? Like, what were the what were the challenging things? Um, I mean, any type of team defense, your heart's going a million miles an hour. First few scrimmages, it's just like, oh, I did I forget how to play baseball? Stuff like that. Just so like the lack of confidence is unreal. Yeah, true. Very true. From you guys, lack of confidence. When right. I when I look at you when I look at you guys and when I see you passing through the stadium, I see zero lack of confidence. Honestly, yeah. and even and even 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 freshman year, it didn't. I mean, now it's different because you guys are third years, but like freshman year, it, I it felt like you were as confident. You didn't exude. You didn't wear it on your on your face. Maybe maybe it's different when you're when you're uh, not in the, the throes of having to figure out team defense. Yeah. And had a, had a glove, a, a slow roller up the third baseline and throw it to first base. But yeah, I mean, maybe we hit it well, but uh, we were for sure, we were for sure freaking out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way. What about you, Trey? What's one thing you would tell your freshman self? Um, I would just tell myself to, uh, not compare myself to others to what other people are doing. I mean, coming in as a freshman, you're kind of just looking around at the other guys that are in your class who got recruited or the people that are already on the team. And you're like, oh, like, what are they doing? Like, like, what should I do? Like, what should I be doing if they're doing that? Or like, uh, <clears throat> how do I how do I stack up against, you know, the other people that are in my class or that are getting recruited? Uh, and I think I think I did a lot of that. Um, and that just be something that I would tell myself, just, you know, just be you. And like, just go out there and, and, and play your game, like, the best way you know how to. There's there's no, like, one correct version of playing the game of baseball. I mean, there's so many. Checks talked about this the other day. I practiced, like, there's so many, like, different personalities, and there's so many, like, ways the game will, get, will be played from, like, all the players on the team. So, I mean, comparing yourself to someone else is just, like, that's just – like the total like just the wrong approach I, I i get like comparing yourself in like the for the right reasons but i mean for for reasons as in like am i better than him or like or like am i gonna play or is he gonna play i, I just don't think that's you know the right way to look at it it's pretty good it's pretty good that's a veteran answer right there that's a that's a leadership answer right there <laughs> trim trim can you top that I mean, I, I can't top that answer or Z's. I mean, those are, those are pretty good. But um, I mean, the to build off kind of like what they say too, and like, you know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is like something I tell my freshman self is just like, go for it. You know, regardless, weight room, you know, on the field, off the field kind of mentality. But um, I mean, I've I've heard it a hundred times before, but it's like if you're gonna mess up, do it at a hundred percent, go at full speed. Um, if you're gonna 
you know, if you're going to make an error, you're going to, you know, mess up on a bunt play or something, at least um, go full speed and be confident, do something and don't be indecisive. And I think the biggest thing for me freshman year was um, kind of like what Z was saying, you know, a little bit sped up at times and, you know, you're, you're worried about like what other people think and um, you're trying to impress the coaches and impress the teammates, you know, everyone and look good for yourself. And um, you kind of get away from that and um, you're a little indecisive and timid at times. So um, I think that, yeah, I think I've definitely improved on that a little bit um, for the mentality standpoint, but I think the biggest thing, yeah, like freshman self and, and, you know, even I, I've told some of the freshmen on the team as well, like if you're going to, if you're going to make a mistake, go hundred percent. And like the coaches talk about that all the time. So, so yeah. Love it. I love it. That's, that's great pod content. All three of those answers. Thank you. That was well done. Um, Let's see. So there's no secret by now that Gauchos do not have a field at the current moment. This is Monday before opening day. Gauchos are heading to North Carolina to Bowie's Creek, play Campbell on Friday. And this fall, I think I, I led the pod off with this, but this fall has been unlike any other fall in January that we've ever had. And you guys are the ones that are out there playing the game you know there's there's coaching side of it and there's the the operations side of it which has been hectic at times it's been a mystery at times it's been very very challenging from from that perspective and i want to get a small sample of a player's perspective because coach's focus is just how can we be the best coaches that we can be to put these guys in the best position that they can be so that we can have success when we do play baseball and work through this adversity of not having our own field. So the player perspective on how this fall and January went, how was it for you guys? Because hopefully you guys are just naive to everything that's going on. It's like, yeah, we're, we're just going to practice today and we'll practice wherever, whenever it doesn't matter. We just want to get better. Is it along lines of that, or is it along lines of like, what the heck is going on? What are we doing? So I want, I want a small player perspective on how it was. I mean, I I can say at least like, like I said earlier, you know, having the perspective of being on the sidelines. I think, I think our team dealt with that adversity. I mean, the best, like best way possible. Um, you know, it, it is tough, you know, not having a field, but at the end of the day, like we're, we're still getting our work on our, our work in, um, turf field, um, you're using like the soccer field or whether it's going to Westmont, um, uh, for a couple hour practice or, you know, having to hit in the cages. And I mean, although I, I wasn't playing this fall and like I was on the sidelines, I, I really saw that, like. You know, they handled it really well. Z, Trey, Z? Everyone had, like, fantastic attitudes about it. There's not really any other choice. We didn't have any answers about anything. So right away, we kind of just accepted that. And especially when Shex, like, sent out the message about how the turf project got canceled. Like, oh, well, it's out of our control. 
And so we're just going to do our best we can to be prepared. And everyone's going to work just as hard. And it honestly brought us together and bringing, making us a tougher team because we can play, like you said, wherever, whenever, and don't matter how good the infield is, don't matter how good the mound is, the box, stuff like that. Um, yeah, definitely isn't as fun when I hit on field BP and it isn't as fun to drive 30 minutes both ways, but who cares, right? Like, we, we got to do it no matter what, so we're buckled up and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, just what both, both, both they both have said. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I just think a lot of it's mentality, too. I mean, you can just – you can kind of complain about it and be sad about it and be like, oh, like, we have to drive here and then we have to scrimmage here and, like, we don't have to hit on field BP. We have to hit in the cages, like, every single day. Uh, but, I mean, I think just a lot of it's mentality and it's, it doesn't matter where we're going. It doesn't matter what field we're playing on as long as we're trying ways to get better every single day. Like, all we need is – the four bases, uh, a mound and a batter's box, and we're good to go. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is just, uh, you know, just being present and, uh, you know, just focusing on where you are at that certain time and uh, just getting better every single day, uh, whatever way we can. What went through you guys' head when we decided we're just, the, the field's dirt, but there's no way working on it, we're just going to start hitting? What went through yeah. you guys' head? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the full kind of took <laughs> I just it was just like oh we're heading on a construction site yeah, that was cool now but technicality was like, oh, it, it wasn't a construction site there was no construction going on gates were closed no uh, yeah. no equipment on the field it was just a dirt patch so we weren't breaking any rules true yeah, yeah. it was true. there's there's no baseball field out there it's just dirt so what went through yeah you guys are like whoa okay we're we're gonna do this it reminded me of of an old clip I saw of Barry Bonds hitting on like the whatever it was Pac-12 Park at the time uh, for the Giants, where there was it was under construction and he's hitting BP into the cove, and I thought that was like the first thing I thought of right when I got on the field. Classic clip. I've seen that many times. That's awesome. That, I mean, that's that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, that was fun. And then when we did our little, uh, we did a little fall like NCAA tournament or whatever uh, with the hitters. And so like we all started off in like the in the regionals, and like we were facing like another guy in our BP groups. And then like if you if you won your round, uh, you just keep moving up. And uh, that was just a cool thing to do with the team. And then being able to hit on the field and kind of like you know like have some fun with it. Uh, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Yeah, who who won that tournament? Trey? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sitting next to him. The king. The king. The champ. <laughs> what what'd you get? What'd you get for winning that thing? I got the uh I got the hitter hitter of the week uh uh gaucho shirt that says like uh eight on the front and then twenty four on the back with Kobe Bryant and it has his last name on there too. That's actually like probably one of the coolest shirts I've ever seen us like come out with. And uh we should like sell those at games or something because like those would get, those would get some some serious money. Now you guys, uh, I think it was Z mentioned, like we're fielding on different infield. Like how many different surfaces do you guys practice on this fall? We've had, we had the pit, 
Rexon. I mean, Westmont, DP, Lake Elsinore, Bishop That's Diego, uh, uh, Santa Barbara City College. Like that's that's like seven, seven different places to go around and and field ground balls on. Does that make you a better infielder? I feel like it does. I mean, like you're fielding on just every different surface like imaginable. I mean, like it should make like when we get on the field at our stadium, uh, you know, it should make it should at least make the game slow down just a little bit more. Just all, all the work we've done on the, all the different fields, like it should, you know, it should pay off for us in the long run. Yeah, See? I think it's like, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was just saying, like, I I think it's good. Um, create good habits, um, like short hops, long hops, stuff like that, because you can't get away with, you know, a little tweener hop, I guess, on like a not as good surface and. I mean, as much as you want to get a short hop and a long hop on a good field, you can kind of get away with those tweeners, I guess. I would just say, like, it either exposes you or <clears throat> there's no difference. Like, if you're dialed, then there's no problem. And if you're not dialed, then there's a lot of problems. Well, I think it's going to make you guys better. I think it's going to make you better. Ernie almost had you guys do a ground ball session out on the – out on the dirt we were pretty close to pulling the trigger on that one but we decided against it we didn't want to get you guys hurt that's <laughs> an ankle that would be fun <laughs> all right to finish up finish up we got to talk about the upcoming season um obviously if i asked you guys are you guys pumped for the season you're going to say yes obviously so are you guys pumped for the season Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. <laughs> what's yeah, what's like one series that you're looking forward to the most or like one thing? It's it's a pretty cookie cutter question, I know, to finish it up, but I mean I, I just get giddy just thinking about it. Like we're gonna be playing another team on Friday and we're going across the country to do it. I think your guys' class We went to Oregon last. We went to Oregon both years. The Hawaii trip. I mean, that's pretty far. But you guys haven't played any ball back east. No, have you? At least in a gouching uniform. You guys yeah, excited yeah. for this Campbell series? Yeah, I think I, I'm really excited just to be able to play against someone other than, you know, like inner squads and stuff. I think it's going to be cool to get a different look at it. Like kind of like what you said. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just looking forward to just, you know, throwing on the jersey with the with the rest of the guys and, like, we're going to war against somebody else and, like, everything we've been working on in the fall and the winter, like, it's all about to, you know, unravel itself. It's all about to, you know, be put to the test. So I'm really excited for uh, what we have in store for this weekend and then, you know, for the rest of the weekends to come. I'd say for me, like, the biggest thing is competing together as a team. It's always, like, kind of – we put – we're – you know, we're in opposite dugouts. We're competing against each other all the time. And it's like, well, this guy's my teammate too at the same time. So this is really the first time this year, besides those two fall scrimmages, 
<laughs> that we're all going to be in the same dugout rooting for your, everyone's rooting for each other, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. Now I asked Xander cause he was on the fall pod, like a, like a goal for the season, like a personal goal. Z, do you remember what you, what your answer was? You probably oh. made it up on the spot and like, Oh, I don't have any personal goals. I'm just trying to be the best player I'm, I'm, I could yeah. possibly be. <laughs> I, I forget. Okay. We'll sit in here make up a new one and, and Trey and trim. Need personal be goals out of you guys. Yeah. Can't be a team goal. It could be all right. Yeah, no. You guys are team oriented. It could be either one, or it could be a combination. Like Trey could say, like I want the team to steal a hundred bags, and me, Jonah, Reese, and Ivan all have twenty five stolen bases. Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he has twenty five. Shout me out. Me too. Ivan. Omaha. You guys talk I mean, about Omaha? Do you guys talk about it? Yeah. We got it hung up in a in the locker room. We got the what is it? Uh isn't this something like how far oh no, we we've brought it up like how how far away is Omaha? And it's like one thousand six hundred twenty I don't know, something like that. I mean, yeah, we talk about it though a lot. I mean, obviously that's like the end goal. Um I mean, that's obviously like where we like want to end up to, but there's a lot of like steps to it. There's a lot of process to it. I mean, in in terms of like, in terms of goals, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think we all just want to go out there and just like you know kind of play for each other, um, and like kind of lean less on the personal goals. Like the personal things are gonna happen, and we're all gonna like acknowledge them. But I think uh, I don't know. We're all just trying to. Uh, just go through the, go through this thing together. I'd, I'd say we're all hungry for a Big West championship. Yeah, hungry for a Big West championship. Definitely on the front of my mind. Yeah. Why is that? Redemption from last year. I mean, we we uh, long story short, kind of sold the season at the end a little bit. But uh, pretty much got the same crew, and we're hungry, ready to go. Now, what's going to be the difference maker between this year and last year to get that done? Uh, leadership's a lot better. We got a much more complete offense. Um, we have a really – we have good team chemistry. Everyone's improved. I don't know. What do you guys got? I mean, yeah, I'd say just our ability to like manufacture <laughs> manufacture runs, um, the short our, our ability uh, to use the short game bunts, um, our ability to steal bases, obviously hit the big fly, um, a lot of different just moving parts. We're just a we're a much more complete offense than we were last year, and uh, there's definitely less holes than um, than there were last year. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with Transy on that, but, um, but yeah, I think everyone, at least the vibe that I get with this team this year is that everyone's pulling for each other and everyone's picking each other up um, with everything. And I think that goes a long way and shows, shows about our character as a team. You guys playing with a chip on your shoulder? 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. And yeah. a funny and a, a fun fact here, like so freshman year when we won the Big West, all of our freshman years, like like uh we were I mean we were in there a little bit, like Xander was in there uh, quite a bit. I was in there like here and there. Uh but like we didn't really feel like like we like really like were able to like contribute to like the championship that much. It just felt like we're like, yeah, yeah, like, we won, but like we didn't like really do anything <laughs> much. But speaking, I mean, like, speaking for the you're you're speaking for the three of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd I mean, say every freshman. Uh, not not every not I don't know about some of the I guess I guess Gally and Matt. They, yeah. They, they I say position players. players. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like when we won that freshman year, like we were just watching a lot of it instead of actually being out there and like, you know, out there every game. So I think uh winning one this year with uh, obviously a, a lot more of us being involved in the bigger picture. Um that's what's really on the front of all of our minds. Yeah, so you guys were part of the the twenty two championship team, and then last year it was like, okay, we're we're the the sophomores that are that are playing. Like yeah. this is our team, and you let it slip away at the end. Yeah. So you you saw, you know, you were part of that team. Like you guys contributed. Don't take that away from yourselves for from twenty two, but then twenty three, like. That probably stung at the end. More, more so than, than it would have maybe in a different circumstance, where it's right there for the taking. And you maybe feel like you let yourselves down, right? Sure. Yeah, definitely. And now that's that's a motivating factor for, to this year, where it's all right. Now we're gonna set it straight because you've seen it. You've seen it from both ends. Right. Yeah, it must be a blessing in disguise. You know, it obviously didn't work out in our way, but um, like you said, Kev, like we've been on both sides of it. You know, finished conference twenty-seven and three or whatever, and um, I'm not sure our record last year, but um, but yeah, I think it honestly like guys haven't experienced that, and everyone's hungry for another Big West championship. Okay, we've got. We've got solid leadership. We've got a great core of third years. We've got dynamic pitching staff. We've got a dynamic offense. We got a rock solid coaching staff. We have the best support staff in all of college baseball. Facts. Analytics, social media, ops, managers, crushing it. Crushing it. And uh I want to thank you guys because this was a I can't I can't really remember what the vibes were on that on that first one. Maybe a little nervous energy here and there. Maybe yeah. a little unambitious. <laughs> Probably a little bit. This felt like, you know, a you know, like we're cool, like we know what to say. Been there, done that type pod. So I appreciate you guys. And uh the listeners are gonna appreciate it. So make sure all your family members know that we appreciate you and that this is going to be out before the season starts. So that's Xander Darby, Latre McCollum, and Justin Trimble, the junior trio. Junior Appreciate trio. it. Thank you. Thanks, for guys. Thanks, Appreciate it. Okay, it's the final segment of the preview podcast, and we're back. 
We're gonna we're gonna come up with a creative name for this segment. Eventually, we debated. We used some ChatGBT to try and figure something out before we started recording this, but we're just gonna let it happen organically. But uh, we got Gianni Bloom, Devin Cost, and Isaiah Ochoa, and we're running it back. If you remember last year, we picked our players of the week, moments of the week, after each week, after each series, and we kept some tabs and some scores and some statistics, which we'll go over here in a second. And uh, who won last year? Devin? I think it was me. Devin. It was a late charge by Gianni, who joined us late in the season. He made a pretty good push. You were pretty popular amongst the Twitter voters. I had the highest wins per capita, <laughs> whatever that means. You got the most Twitter followers, too, so that and helped the, you. The host, I, I'm pretty sure, finished last, so I'm out I'm out for blood. See if I can do better this Bounce year. Bounce back year. Who's but, the host? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, myself, Kevin Cannon hosting. So, let's see. Let's run down some names last year We had in the categories first. Categories first. Offensive Player of the Week, Pitcher of the Week. Moan of the week, hardest hit ball of the week, and best pitch of the week. And just some names that made that list the total count of a name that was selected because you it was a draft. So once one guy was picked, you couldn't pick that, that same guy. Had, there were four guys picked for each category, essentially. And Matt Ager, who is a first-team All-American, preseason first-team All-American this year, appeared 26 times to lead the count last year, followed by Jared Sundstrom with 23. Ivan Bredauer with 19, Christian Kirtley, Hudson Barrett, both tied with 14. Sundstrom and Darby, Offensive Player of the Week, seven times. Ager, 12 times, including a a nine-week streak where he was selected. And one way or the other, either he was the pitcher of the week selected by one of us, or he had the best pitch of the week of one of us. So he was featured prominently, was Matt Ager. Moment of the Week. We had nine team moments. There wasn't necessarily an individual, and those were divvied up. Uh, there were 29 hitting moments, seven pitching moments, six defensive, and five categorized as other. Hardest hit, Ivan Bredauer led the charge with 11, followed closely by Jared Sunstrom with 10. Best pitch was Matt Akers' slider, which was selected eight times last year, followed by the Bremner fastball at five and the Hudson Barrett fastball at four, and then the Goody changeup at four. Thank you to Devin Cost, Director of Analytics, for securing all of that data for us, keeping tabs last year. And for this segment, we will do the same thing once the season starts. We are here in Campbell recording this in a, a hotel room. That's North Carolina for those who don't know. North, <laughs> North Carolina. What did I say? You said Campbell. I you just, you know. Campbell. Oh, I said Campbell. Just clarifying. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I made, I made a joke with Rex standing in line at the airport <laughs> this morning because someone asked him, hey, where are you guys going today? And Rex said, we're going to Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I joked to him. I was like, here in the United States, we have states, Rex. <laughs> People probably want to know what state you're going to. So, touche. Touche. Thanks, G. My pleasure. But for this first week... We're going to try and predict a handful of things, on, and we'll revisit this at the end of the year. So all of us are going to pick, and we have these categories, we're going to pick our Offensive Player of the Year, our Pitcher of the Year, our Top Newcomer of the Year, who hits the most homers, who steals the most bases, who records the most strikeouts, who has the lowest ERA, minimum of 15 innings pitched, and predicts 
how many wins do the Gauchos record during the regular season? So everybody will make a selection. It's not a draft, so we could all pick the same guy. And we'll try and see at the end of the season if uh, we get some of these correct. It is subjective. Some of them. It is subjective, some of them. Some of them we can quantify, like the most home runs. But uh, like Offensive Player of the Year, we could all pick four guys, four different guys, and then those four guys could have great years. And then we'll just debate at the end of the season. So who gets to go first? Maybe the reigning champion probably gets to pick the first uh, Offensive Player of the Year, lead us off. I'm, I'm down for that. Dev. So, so, so we'll take – We'll just go in a circle. We'll just go in a circle since we're not drafting. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, and can I go last in and that say, circle? Sure. Nice. I mean, so we're gonna go. I mean, we'd have to rearrange, but whatever. Octagon. Yeah, we can make it work. So say, <clears throat> make your pick, and then one thing about that player. You know, and Aaron Parker as offensive player of the year. Uh, out of the returners, he has the highest total bases, and I think he's a year older and bound for another great year offensively. Isaiah? I'm going to go with Trey McCollum. I also call him LaBarrel. Just finds the barrel anytime. I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the conference in doubles as he's been going gap-to-gap power this fall. Interesting. Okay. I'm going Jonas Sebring. So we have different names here for Offensive Player of the Year. I think... Uh, I've been comparing Jonah to Trey Turner. I think he's going to hit for average. I think he's going to steal bases. I think he's going to hit homers and drive in runs. So those are pretty strong things. And he's going to play multiple positions. So pretty strong things for Offensive Player of the Year. I also have Aaron Parker. I just think Meatball is going to hit a lot. Okay, Pitcher of the Year. Who's it going to be, Dev? Uh, I guess you could consider it slightly a sleeper as he was out all of last year with an injury, but I'm going with Ryan Gallagher. Oh, okay. Great, great freshman season. Uh, Big West freshman pitcher of the year. Uh, year off, stronger, and I think he's bound for a great year. All right. I'm going I'm to go with Tyler Bremner. I know he had a four ERA last year, but it was his freshman year with a year of experience under him. And uh, he didn't get any preseason awards, which should put a chip on his shoulder, so I expect Bremer to shove. Okay, I'm going to go with Ager, Matt Ager. He's a preseason first-team All-American. He was selected to be the pitcher of the year preseason in the Big West. He didn't quite lead the conference in strikeouts last year, but was very close. He certainly led the Gouts in strikeouts, and he's the Friday ace. So those are, that's, that's yeah, I'm going with Ager. Dang. So I thought going last would be an advantage, but now I just want to change my answer every time. <laughs> um, I, got, I got Tyler Bremner. I just think his stuff is just really good, and it's going to work. That's what I got. Stuff plus. Stuff plays. Dev? Or newcomer? For newcomer. I think uh, newcomer of the year is going to be Ventura uh, transfer, Reese Calvin, switch hitter, kind of a utility guy, can play almost anywhere, I think. He's going to have a great year. Electric on the field. Yeah. I'm going to go with the incoming freshman, Rex DeAngelis. Uh, Chex always talks about how baseball is a game of personalities. And Rex has that personality to dominate the game of baseball. And so that's why I'm going with Rex here. Okay, two position players. I'm going pitcher, Jackson Flora. Nice. I think he's going to put together a season that Hudson Barrett put together last year, Ooh. which is pretty darn good. 
Ooh. Gee. I'm taking Brendan Durfee. Wow, three position players. I like this, though. We're all doing different picks. I, know. I, I expected a, a few more of this. I was writing my list, and I was thinking, man, these guys are going to pick all the same guys that I did. <laughs> There's some people out there that definitely deserve some love there, but I, I just think Durf is, is going to be in there and love the way he just is carefree and, and doesn't let pressure and stress get to him and just enjoys playing ball out there. Has a lot of talent. So, Okay, those are these subjective picks. Now we get to some of the uh, quantifiable picks. Yeah. Most homers. Uh, building off my offensive player of the year, I'm going with Aaron Parker. Um, I want to say he was second in home runs and retur- guys who are returning, and I think he'll, he'll keep hitting. Yeah, I, I got the same pick as well with Aaron leading homers. <laughs> I, I mean, I just feel like he doesn't try to hit homers. It just naturally comes, and I think that's the best approach when it comes to the offensive plan is don't try to hit homers just try to just hit the ball and the homers will come and i mean they come often enough for him man now i'm i'm, I'm like gee i, I want to change my answer <laughs> don't, don't feel bad I mean, yeah. change it change it Listen no I'm, to the I'm, voice. no look i i wrote i wrote ap down and i'm sticking to it because ah, i think he's gonna hit a lot of dingers and that that's just how it feels in my heart so that's what i'm doing you don't get a nickname like the Meat Missile. <laughs> you don't have a shot at leading the team in homers. I'm taking Aaron, too. Okay. Sweep. Clean sweep. Yeah. I, uh, I, on the most stolen bases, correct? Yep. I think this one potentially has a chance of being another clean sweep. I'm going with the, the guy who led us in stolen bases last year, Jonas Sebring. Ooh. Okay. I also I guess that reaction I don't yeah, think is going to be a sweep. Uh, well, it's not going to be. A, I don't know if it's going to be a sweep, but I'm also going with Jonah. Just watching him in the fall, there just the amount of confidence he has running the base pass is what you need to steal bases. And when he does get caught, I mean, it he just turns the page and he doesn't let it affect him. So, okay. I thought everyone was going to pick my guy, Latrey McCollum, because <laughs> Trey led the West Coast League. And stolen bases this summer. Almost broke a record, right? Almost, almost got to the record, but I think he's gonna steal a lot of bases for the Gauchos. I think he's gonna continue that trend in, in scrimmages. He's been, he's been a pest on the bases. I also have Latre McCollum. I think he's going into his junior year, having played a ton last year. Uh, every day, I just think we're watching a guy that can really run turn into a guy that can really run the bases, and it's fun to watch. <clears throat> Most strikeouts. I'm going with uh, Tyler Bremner. He had roughly a 13 strikeouts per nine inning last year, and I think uh, a year older, he's that much better, and it'll be even higher than that this season. I am also going with my pitcher of the year, Tyler Bremner. I mean, as G said earlier, this guy's just nasty. Like, he's just nasty. There's no other way to explain it. Okay, I'm, I'm sticking with Ager. Right. I'm sticking with Ager. I think his experience... And his strength and his endurance and his stuff is going to help him pitch consistently throughout the year, and he's going to rack up all the Ks. I'm taking Tyler Das Sound Machine Bremner. <laughs> I was got so confused. So you right pick, G, you pick Bremner for your pitcher of the year. Yes. Okay, so everybody doubled up on pitcher of the year and strikeouts. So uh, lots of strikeouts equates to except pitcher for of the year. I've, Ryan Gallagher. Yeah, oh, does. yeah, you have Galley. Okay. Yeah. And then go, leading into ERA, I'm doubling down on ERA. Okay, so you're going to double down. With Ryan Gallagher leading the, the pitching staff. 
of minimum 15 innings pitched. Correct. In your eye. So. Wow. Going with a starter. Yeah, it's bold. It is. It's courageous. For the uh, lowest ERA, I'm going to go with the guy I don't think anyone else would choose him. We'll go with Michael Gutierrez, our Sunday guy. Why would we not choose Mike? I don't Thomas. know. I just feel like <laughs> I feel like you guys would go with Ager or Galley or Hudson Barrett. Goody was up in the top five in the nation. You and, yeah, year, until, so. yeah. So, okay. Goody. Goody. I'm going with Hudson Barrett. He's back in the bullpen, and he's always pitching with a chip on his shoulder, even if everyone's really nice to him. He's still <laughs> pitching with a chip on his shoulder. He just pitches with fire. And he was in the top three in ERA most of the year last year, and I think he's going to continue that, continue that trend. It's a great pick there. G? I had my picks picked up, but I'm blowing it up. I'm taking the freshman southpaw, Cole Triba. Yes. Oh. Yes. It's wow. a different look. Stir the pot, G. It's a different look, and, and I like the way this guy goes about being in the world. Calm, cool, and collected. Treba. Trebs. Okay. How many wins? Regular season for the Gauchos, Dave. Not much thought behind it. Just we're going to be good, and so I'm choosing 43 wins. Sound, sounds right to me. Did we calculate how many regular season games we had? Oh I don't remember. 56. You don't 56. need to calculate it. Holy <laughs> analytics there. Uh, give S- scheduled games. 56 scheduled games. 56. Give me a, a nice, even number at 44. Um, 41. I think you have to go like 42 now. This is regular season? Regular season. So 41, I go 41 and 15. And this is before the regional and the super? Correct. And Omaha? Correct. I can't, I can't, I can't give you a number. You can't? Can I I say 1 and 0 Friday? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Give Uh, us a number, G. 56. 56 wins. (laughs) Well, you're you're just giving up on that point. Well, we're not going to win every game, but I'm not going to accept that we're not going to win every game. Okay. Valid. Okay. So we'll, we'll deliberate on what all of this means throughout the year. And at the end of the year, does it, does it reward points if you pick the guy with the most homers? Does it reward you if, you if the Gouches do win 56 games? Highly unlikely. What's the record for single regular season wins? Was it the 19 team? For the Gouches? In the regular season? Regular season? They lost like nine times or something. Uh, 40. Yeah, because we were 45 and 9, so 45. That was 19, regular season. 45 and 9. Okay, I'll say 46. 46. Wow. Strong. Strong case. You guys are confident. I like it. It's a confident group. Confident group out on the field. Confident group in this room. Great group of guys on the field. Excited. Got to go with Mo, baby. How do, we, how do we feel about the roundup? How do we feel about the roundup? Got gotcha, roundup. I feel like it's good, but I feel like some we could get something else. Like, I, I, it's just, just okay. We could sit on it for a couple of days, and by the first draft recap, we can. Should we should we put it to Twitter vote? Good. We need options though for a Twitter vote. Yeah. So my my is roundup. Roundup. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to get to thinking. I'll ask ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll work on that. But those are your preseason picks. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, Isaiah. Thank you, G. Go Gauchos.
All right, thank you to head coach Andrew Checkets. Thank you to Z, Trey, and Trim. Thank you to G, Oach, and Dev as well. Hope that was plenty for you listeners. Hope you guys made it through all of it. That was two hours plus of Gaucho Baseball podcasting. So uh, must mean that the uh, season is upon us. Gauchos are in Carolina to take on the Campbell Camels. Again, first pitch on Friday night is at 5 o'clock Eastern time. We'll have the audio stream. You can find that on the Gaucho website where you normally find it. Gauchos did switch to sidearm sports, so it's a little different look on the website, but the links still lead you to the proper place. You hit that listen button. You can tune into the auto stream with myself. You can also watch the game on Flow Sports. It does require a subscription to watch those three games. On tap next week. Hopefully, pending the rain that is supposed to come this weekend in the Santa Barbara area in Southern California, Tuesday afternoon on the road against Pepperdine. Uh, hopefully, we can get that game in. Maybe it gets moved. Hopefully, we can play it on Tuesday. It's all up in the air. So that's what's on tap. Stay tuned to the website and social media for updates. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Really talented Gaucho squad. Lots of accolades and uh, well-deserved as well. So uh, tune in. Watch if you're coming. We'll see you out there. Uh, if not, we'll we'll see you wherever the gouches are next. So, uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. My name is Kevin Cannon. Signing off. Uh, we'll see you at the art.